Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's so good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. We are going to have a great show today. I'm very excited about this show. This is a topic today that I've been wanting to cover for a very long time, and I wanted to get somebody who is just the highest possible, like a foot, you know, I wanted to get someone at the top of the heap, someone who had the goods on the information, someone who was in the know when it came to truly dealing with this particular topic. I'm talking about human trafficking, the scourge of human trafficking. And I'm very excited today. We have really one of the best of the best guests on the program today on this very topic. Nick McKinley from DeliverFund.org is going to be our guest, former CIA agent. And uh, maybe you did or did not know, but you know that the Jack Ryan series on Amazon, well, they made it after this guy, Nick McKinley. He is the basis for that character as far as I know. So it's that's kind of cool. But more importantly, it's how this man decides to spend his life, his training as a pararescue man and a CIA agent to, to hunt down uh, human traffickers, not just here in America, but around the world as well. But I think he focuses mostly here in America. And so we're going to get the lowdown on the, on the human trafficking scourge. And uh, what, is this, what, what is this issue? How big is it? Who's involved? Who are the players? What should parents know? That's going to be our conversation today. Um, I think you might be surprised at some of the sources in which human traffickers enslave their victims. And as parents, we ought to be paying attention. So I'm very excited. Nick McKinley from Deliver Fund will be our guest. Of course, uh, there's just terrible news, as usual. Uh, I saw an article of uh, talking about a video of two young children being, talk about, you know, manipulation of children these two young children are being paraded around at a, at a trans drag queen show in miami people were throwing money at them while they paraded around stage pretty sick pretty disgusting new mexico becomes the latest state to succumb to the evils of euthanasia that's not good and of course we reported on the uh, the story out of new york well incest advocates set up their call to decriminalize incestuous relationships in wake of lawsuit demanding new york allow a parent to marry their child yeah, we live in crazy town, but there's still things we can do about that. Pray fast and do penance. And we'll talk more about all of that on today's program. And of course, the team is here. Good morning to you, Emily Alcaraz. Good morning, Joe. You didn't leave any headlines for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, that, you, that was about it. <laughs> you still have the good headline news uh, segment in the second hour. Praise That's God. true. Yes. Our, our only respite from the insanity of the world. <laughs> I is, do my best. Is the second hour headline segment. Uh, yeah, it, it's insane. I just I get so disgusted when I read that stuff. It, it just uh, boils my blood, you know? Um, yeah. At any rate, we still have a lot of uh, good information to share on the program today. We're going to have breaking news and stories with Emily. We're going to have uh, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We'll do a What's Concerning Us segment where we will dive into these stories and more. And then, of course, Nick, Nick McKinley is going to be our guest in this first hour. If you can join us for the second hour, praise be to God. We'd love to have you. We're going to have, of course, our Fear and Trembling game show. We'll have a good news segment to inspire you a little bit. Plus, we'll also have the after show. So there's a ton of Catholic drive 
FM on the deck today. Do us a favor and share this show, especially the guest segment. It is important to to educate our community as to uh, the issues, especially surrounding human trafficking. It's one of those, and I think you're going to find out in this in this interview today. It's one of those uh, topics that doesn't get enough you know coverage. Speaking of which. Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Speaking of uh, not getting enough coverage. Exactly. And uh, you calling me fat? I, I, think, I think that's what it is. I, it's, it's okay. I understand. I understand. Nice shirt, by the way. Thanks. Uh, if, you, if you're hanging out on the radio and you're like, what, what's the color? It's like it's salmon. Are you calling that salmon? Uh, you know, it's pink. Is it rose? Uh, no, no, it's pink. It's straight up pink. It's pink. Wow. It's like, it's like Miami Vice all over again. Miami I don't know what that is, but okay. <laughs> Well, praise be to God. We have a lot to get into. Uh, There's a couple of stories here that will definitely trigger Adrian and the what's concerning us, oh, I'm, no. I'm pretty sure. so. But let's pray for whatever your intentions are, dear listener, whatever's on your agenda, whatever's in your heart today. Um, you know, we're going to be including those in our prayer here. I, of course, am praying for our team, uh, for God's will to, uh, to provide the perfect candidate to replace Emily on the show and for her future as well. And for our apostolate, our radio apostolates, the station of the cross and the Guadalupe radio network. Let's ask our lady queen of heaven and earth to intercede for all of us today. And those victims that are enslaved in human trafficking in the name of the father, the son and the Holy ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcres. According to reports from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 5,800 Americans have contracted COVID-19 after being fully vaccinated against the coronavirus, and 74 of those people have died of COVID after being fully vaccinated. The 5,800 post-vaccination instances of infection with the coronavirus, which the CDC calls breakthrough cases, resulted in 400 hospitalizations and 74 deaths. Approximately 40% of those infected following vaccination were over 60 years of age, and the overall majority, around 65%, were women, as of data collected up to April 13th. The CDC data on breakthrough cases accounts for those infected 14 days after vaccination and does not include anyone who contracts the virus within a shorter period following the vaccine. The CDC's statement on breakthrough infections follows reports from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, which announced at the beginning of April that 246 Michigan res residents had become infected with the virus despite being fully vaccinated. The Diocese of Hamilton, headed by Bishop Douglas Crosby, has not only backed a move by the local Catholic school board to have the gay pride flags flown at Catholic schools within the board, but has also forbidden local parish priests from opposing the matter from the pulpit. The Halton Catholic District School Board within the Diocese of Hamilton will vote on April 20th on a motion to fly the rainbow-colored pride flag at, an, at all board-run schools during the month of June. An April 16th memorandum to all priests in Halton Deanery from Monsignor Murray Croche, Chancellor of, for the Diocese of Hamilton, warns that priests they may not make available petitions for or against the motion and that they may not comment on the matter in homilies or announcements. 
Pro-family leaders in Ontario have warned that flying the pride flag at Catholic schools amounts to a betrayal of everything it means to be a Catholic school. And in response to a planned day of blessings for same-sex partners in Germany, the Bishop of San Sebastian on Wednesday called on Catholics to join in prayer for the church in Germany to be faithful to the magisterium and not to fall into rebellion. The Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith said on March 15th that the church hasn't the power to bless same-sex unions. However, members of the church in Germany have announced on a May 10th event blessings for the unions of people who love each other with the participation of priests, deacons, pastoral workers, and supported by some bishops, such as Bishop Franz Josef Overbeck of Essen. In recent years, German bishops in particular have been increasingly outspoken in demanding discussions about an opening towards acceptance of practiced homosexuality and the blessing of homosexual unions in the church. This plays a central role in one of four forums that constitute the synodal process underway in Germany. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things, Pope Saint Anicetus. Pray for us. Born in the second century in Syria, he was the son of a man named John. Little is known about Pope St. Anicetus' life before he was elected to the, uh, as, as Pope, the 11th Pope in 155 AD. He met with St. Polycarp in Smyrna and uh, allowed Eastern Christians to celebrate Easter on the 14th day of Nisan, regardless of whether it fell on Sunday. Yikes. Anicetus took a firm stand against Gnosticism, decreed that the churchmen, priests, should not have long hair. This was in keeping with the first uh, Corinthians eleven fourteen, which says, uh, "Does not nature itself teach you that for a man to wear long hair is degrading to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her pride, for her hair is given to her for a covering." So, as a result, Pope Saint Anicetus helped to mark the differences between the laity and the clergy. He died in about 166 AD of natural causes, but for many years he was listed as a martyr, probably because most assumed that uh, all of the early popes were martyrs, but in fact, there seems to be no evidence that Pope Saint Anicetus died as a martyr. Either way, Pope Saint Anicetus, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 6, verses 30 through 35. The crowd said to Jesus, What sign can you do that we may see and believe in you? What can you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said to Jesus, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You, and you might remember John chapter 4, the woman at the well. There's a lot of parallels here to that. But I just, can you just, I mean, think about this for a second. The, the sheer arrogance of these people to demand uh, of Jesus. What sign can you do 
What can you do? Can you just, I mean, sit there and think about that for a moment. Imagine looking into the eyes of the Son of God, of the second person of the Blessed Trinity, of Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and saying, well, what can you do? Good grief, give me something. Like, that is pretty pretty hardcore right there. You see, Jesus tries to bring them to an act of faith, but they they simply refused. And there's a lot of parallels in this uh, Bread of Life discourse that we will go through, over, I guess, over the next few days here, uh, to the people in the wilderness coming out of slavery in Egypt after 430 years. Moses leading them, uh, many miracles are performed for them, and still they are stiff-necked, still they are, you know, curmudgeon, still they shake their fist at God, you know, better that we just go back to Egypt and have to die out here in the wilderness, you know, that kind of thing. And yet God brings them heaven, you know, bread from heaven, (laughs) meat falls from the sky, water pours from a rock, and still it's not good enough for them. They need more and they need more. And essentially there's a contrast here between earthly and heavenly. That manna that those wilderness Israelites ate so many years ago, uh, that spoiled after a day. It didn't even last a whole day. If you kept it overnight, it would spoil and it would melt away, essentially. So, uh, that's not even like permanent. And it definitely didn't lead you to heaven. It was a gift of God. It was a beautiful thing. It tasted good on the tongue. It was uh, prefiguring the sweetness of the Holy Land. Uh, and it had great typology for what would still be uh, to happen under the Messiah, the one greater than Moses. But it was still only earthly. The Eucharist, however... The true bread come down from heaven. That is heavenly. In fact, it is communicating the actual grace of God. God's divine life, his body, his blood, his soul, and his divinity uh, given to us in a form that we can eat is a powerful reality. The contrast between these two things are pretty massive. And Jesus is trying to get them to take uh, have an act of faith. Step one, seek first the kingdom of God. Step number two, all else will be given to you besides. That's Matthew chapter six, of course. When we accept Jesus on faith and our life is transformed by that faith and, our, and we have works befitting of the faith that we have now made, miracles will happen in our lives and we can give God glory and we pursue uh, the state of grace. We live in a perpetual state of grace. We die in a state of grace. We achieve heaven itself. This is what Jesus is trying to lead them to, but they're so stiff-necked, they just, show me your sign. What can you do for us? Moses did this. What do you do? I mean, just imagine. Just imagine the gall of that. Let's make the decision to have faith today. Let's make the decision to live in a state of grace. Let's remember what the Holy Eucharist truly is. We'll be right back with What's Concerning Us. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time is coming up next. Can a moral relativist object to God's goodness based on the problem of evil? The answer is no, at least when it comes to moral evil, and here's the reason. You see, moral relativism states no moral truths exist independently of the individual. That's to say what is right and wrong is relative to what the individual determines. Now, how can a relativist deviation from his own moral standard be considered morally evil when there's nothing to oblige him to follow his moral standard? The answer is, it can't. But if no moral evil can exist within the mental framework of moral relativism, well then obviously a relativist complaint about the problem of moral evil is useless. 
So the relativist either has to give up the complaint about the problem of moral evil to keep relativism, or give up relativism to keep the complaint about the problem of moral evil. The relativist can't have both. I'm Corlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com Hi, Joe McClain here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up in about 20 minutes from now, Nick McKinley from Deliver Fund is going to be our guest. Former CIA agent, former pararescueman, um, now spends his life tracking down human traffickers to bring them to justice. Praise be to God. Um, I'm really excited about it. He is, his organization, I think, has, um, he is the tip of the spear when it comes to collecting data, keeping a database of human traffickers and supplying information to the agencies that could make arrests. Um, he is the tip of the spear there. I, I, at the four more of, I think the world's most uh, for, uh, expert on the subject. So I'm very excited to have him on. It's a subject I've wanted to tackle for quite a long time. And I'm excited about having a guest of this caliber. So that's coming up in 20 minutes. I want to mention real quick, um, realestateforlife.org, our generous sponsor, underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Uh, they called me yesterday to say, Joe, we got, we got calls, but not everybody says that they heard it on Catholic Drive Time. So it's hard to tell who's who. So do me a favor. If you're at all interested in, in checking them out, just you don't have to use their services. But if you could do is call them and just say, thanks for being a part of Catholic Drive Time. That would be super cool. I would love that. Uh, their website is realestateforlife.org. Realestateforlife.org. Praise be to God. Uh, Idaho legislature considers absorbing part of Oregon. I only want to pa- mention this in passing. This would be a subject I could geek out on probably in the after show. I don't know that we'll get to it, but it's a cool subject for a number of reasons. Um, but there's massive parts of Oregon are trying to leave Oregon. They're trying to go to Idaho. I, it's a kind of a scary thing if you think about it, because I think it sets a trend in motion that could end not, not 100% well for, for America and for the world at large. Even Texas is looking at uh, secession. I don't know that they'll ever achieve it personally. However, I, who will stand up to China if America dissolves? I guess that's a thought in my mind, but that's a story for another day. Again, we could tackle that in the after show if you're interested. But uh, there's, a, there's a bunch of other very negative negative uh, uh, news in the, in the headlines to really comment on. This one really reminded me of what uh, Adrian was talking about yesterday and his participation in the, in the TFP rally outside of Texas A&M over the weekend. It says, uh, this is reported by The Blaze, this shocking video shows two young children being paraded around at Miami drag show while the crowd cheers and throws money at them. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't watched this video because I'm a father and this would disgust me, make my blood boil. Just the still shot of the video alone is enough to, uh, to set me off. 
It says, a disturbing video recently surfaced on social media appearing to show two young children being paraded around on stage at a drag club in Miami. These are children, by the way. In the video posted to Instagram last week, Oh, thanks, Instagram, for hosting such uh, pornography, pornographic material. It says controversial political personality, uh, I'm not even going to say their name, looks on in horror as the two preteen kids walk alongside a man dressed as a woman as he directs them to pose for the audience and collect money. That is vile and disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is horrible. And one thing that I noticed whenever we were out and talking to people about drag queens, people were like, oh, what's the harm? You know, let them do what they want. Well, first, the first point being, no, we shouldn't let people do what they want. Uh, there are reasons why there are certain laws. We used to have blasphemy laws. Uh, a contraception used to be illegal in America. But not just that. Even if you grant the point, okay, yeah, let people do what they want. They are attacking children. They are systematically targeting children uh at in louisiana when they brought the case up to the uh to the courts to the uh they had a town hall meeting about drag queen story time with children at public libraries and uh lafayette and uh louisiana they had quoted they had the the drag queens quoted as saying this is the grooming of the next generation and we see it we see it here this is why it's such a big deal. It's not just men, uh, grown men doing uh, perverse things in their own free time. It is a systematic targeting of our children. It is disgusting and it's going to lead to the normalization of pedophilia if it's not already here. Yeah. Christopher Chance commented on our live video over on Facebook. He asks, I'm afraid to ask, but where are the adults in the video? Christopher, it's very easy. They're the ones throwing the money. Let that sink in. It's very disgusting. Um, this, <laughs> I mean, all I can think about, you know, is Sodom and Gomorrah. And the what is the penultimate time to destroy things? I mean, go back before Noah and the flood. I mean, what was the penultimate time for destroying things? It was when debauchery set in at its fullest and man can't be recovered from it. So the last opportunity, sort of the nuclear option to saving souls, was to let those souls have to face their death in eternity. And then they might repent. Then they may be willing to repent of their sins and come to a saving knowledge. And that is where we were at with the flood with Noah. That is where we were at with Sodom and Gomorrah. Ultimately, it is a work of great charity. It is a work of, of desire to save souls. But sometimes these souls are so far gone that it takes their death almost to, uh, to get them to repent. It is an insanity that we should avoid through prayer, fasting, and penance, and evangelization. Where's the evangelization of our culture? And this is, this is related to the human trafficking as well, because the oversexualization of children is something that is, is a result of this culture of, of death where we sexualize children and because of human trafficking. And this goes along with the headline that I was concerned about as well, which is that Facebook is trying to launch an app, Instagram, for children under 13. Social media is one of the primary ways that human traffickers find children and groom them. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen that documentary, but there's, you know, there are teams of people who track down and um, arrest human traffickers. And they did this experiment. There's a YouTube documentary of it. And they made a fake profile of a 13-year-old girl. And they launched the profile. They made it official. And within seconds, they were getting messages from grown men with all kinds of explicit content. Wow. So social media... Uh, why is Facebook making an app for children? 
Why? What good is this going to do? No, that's just going to contribute to human trafficking. I'm a big believer that children should not be on social media yeah. for, for their own safety and mental health as well. My wife and I have taken a lot of criticism from friends and family because, you know, we have a rule. I have a, a funny saying in my house, the things that I will not regret on my deathbed, the things that I will not regret on my deathbed, giving my kids Internet uh, access unfiltered and unrestricted, unsupervised. You know, the things I won't regret on my deathbed. Golly gee whiz, if I'd only let my kids play more video games. Golly gee whiz, if I'd only let my kids watch more, uh, you know, movies on the internet or, or YouTube or this or that. If only I'd let my kids have unfiltered, unrestricted, unsupervised, unqualified access to the world, the flesh, and the devil. I'm not going to regret any of those things. I won't. You, you can't make me. I'm not going to do it. There's going to be a lot on my deathbed I may struggle with, but I'm not going to struggle with those because ultimately getting our kids to heaven is our mission, our only goal as parents. And uh, I think that's going to be one of the takeaways when we uh, speak to Nick McKinley today in our guest segment coming up in just a little while. Yeah, I think if you weighed those two options, giving your children social media or not get, what are the pros and cons of both? The only pros to giving your children social media is this like weak argument that they will fit in at school, they will be normal and be able to socialize with friends on the internet. Also, I think it's just easier on the parents. It distracts the children, keeps them occupied. But really, the cons are astounding. They're, they're just overwhelming the cons. They're going to ha- develop mental problems, possibly eating disorders, possibly pornography addictions, po- possibly be groomed by human traffickers online. Is that really worth your child fitting in Yeah. at school? Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, we kicked the cable television out of our house many years ago now. We, we don't give our kids uh, internet-enabled devices to have, uh, you know, on their own, unsupervised, and they don't have cell phone plans, none of that stuff. They, they don't get to you know, text their buddies and their friends. Oh, but the Billy gets to do it. I don't care. I'm not Billy's parents. And if I were, Billy wouldn't have it. That's the answer. And when you move out, you can have all the pizza you want, watch all the movies, play all the video games, and you can text your buddies all day long. And guess what? I may even come to your place and do my laundry in your washer and dryer. Praise be to God. Eat your pizza. Play your video games. But until then, my house, my rules. Let's move on. Incest advocates step up their call to decriminalize incestuous relationship in wake of lawsuit demanding New York allow a parent to marry their child. Crazy world. Uh, again, this is a uh, Blaze article here. It says advocates for the legalization of consensual incest are using a recent New York lawsuit demanding that state the state allow a parent to marry their adult children to further their agenda. He goes on to say an anonymous New Yorker filed a lawsuit this month to overturn the Empire State's law uh, outlawing incestuous marriages because they want to marry their adult offspring. That is, that is insane. I mean, literally the definition of insane. Now, you mentioned this the other day, didn't you, Adrian? Yes, that's right. Because I, I was we're talking about how all these things are associated with one another. Like these are not the just different things happening in different parts of the world. This is one cohesive uh, step in the revolution to try to take over uh, Western civilization, Christian civilization, and destroy it. And whenever we give an inch, that's it. Mm. The whole thing collapses. Why? Because heresy begets heresy. Always. That's always true. If you fall into one heresy, you will always 
unless you recant, you will always fall into more heresy and you will always fall into sin. Uh, I read a couple of weeks ago about Cornelius Lapide. He said the best way to convert souls is to get them to live a holy life because when they live a holy life, then the heresies will also uh, be getting rid of as well and vice versa works too. The problem here is whenever you are, whenever you're in mortal sin, your will is weakened and your intellect is darkened and you fall into sin more and more. And so we got rid of marriage. We destroyed marriage with divorce, with contraception. And from there, we said, okay, well, no fault divorce. That's a thing, right? Okay, now what? So now we have gay marriage. Now we said, okay, anybody you can love, who you can love, whoever you want to love. And then people said, oh, but I mean, if we love whoever you love, why can't you marry your child? Oh, don't be ridiculous. Don't be silly. Uh, you would not, we can't marry your child. Why? If love is love, why can't we just marry our child? Oh, because that's different. Okay, now what we're seeing now is the fruit of that initial change. We've seen the fruit there now. Because yes, when you have no standard at all, then there's no standard at all. We are going to, we are allowing, we're, it's going to happen. They're going to get allowed to marry children, to marry their own children, biological children, even if they're adults. And from there, it's going to legalize gay, uh, a pedophilic relationships. That's going to be the next step. And where does it end? There is no end in sight. There is no end in sight. And you know, we decide to talk about these stories because we feel as Catholics, they have to be talked about. Um, someone has to say something. But the platforms with which we, we stream to, for instance, we're live on the radio right now. Praise be to God for, for Catholic radio because it gives us a voice, a platform to be able to speak unfiltered and uncensored. But on the social side, on the, on the internet side, there's a lot of censorship there. And the ability to speak on these topics is tenuous at best because the heavy hand of punishment comes down upon us for, for being, quote, bigots or, or judgmental or whatever. We as Catholics must take a stand. We must speak the truth, truth and love, but the truth nonetheless. And that truth needs to transform our lives. That truth is Jesus Christ. It is a person. He is the second person of the Blessed Trinity. And we must do so. We must do so with confidence and courage. We don't. Their implications are terrible. We'll be right back after this short break. Nick McKinley, our guest, is coming up right after this. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, All religions believe basically the same thing. They only differ in their external forms, in the way they express it. G.K. Chesterton says the truth is precisely the other way around. The religions of the world do not differ greatly in rites and forms. They do differ greatly in what they teach. In most every religion, people pray, they sing, they read sacred texts, they honor their traditions, they have special feasts, they light candles and so on. But they don't teach the same things. They don't believe the same things. There's only one religion that believes that Christ is the Son of God, that he suffered and died for our sins and then he rose from the dead. Only one religion believes in one holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. 
God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today's Tuesday, April 20th, and these are your headlines for today. In an unprecedented move, police forces across the province of Ontario spoke out publicly against Premier Doug Ford's most recent emergency order extension. The Toronto Sun reported that more than 15 police jurisdictions released statements saying they would not comply with Ford's announcement that officers would conduct random checks on people driving. Ford's new restrictions, effective on April 17th, gave police the power to stop vehicles at random, to demand individuals provide a home address and and state the purpose for being out and not at home. The police response was so strong that Ford was forced to back down. The unexpected response from police caused Ford to re-examine the measures, and on Saturday, the province amended its measures so that police authority to stop vehicles is granted only if there is suspicion that the people would be attending a large gathering. The leader of the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church said his countrymen are living in constant terror of an attack as Russian troops gather at the border. In an interview, Major Archbishop Sviatoslav Svechuk said, We live in constant psychological terror, and according to the latest polls, 60% of the Ukrainian population lives in fear of a military attack by the Russian side. On behalf of the Ukrainian people, I ask you to pray for peace in Ukraine and for the involvement of the international community to resolve the conflict and to prevent a worldwide blaze exploding from this fuse. The Russo-Ukrainian war began in February of 2014, focused on the east of the country. The warring parties agreed to a ceasefire in July of 2020, but in recent months, violations of the ceasefire agreement have grown in frequency as Russia builds up troops at its border with Ukraine. The U.S. Bishops' Conference issued a statement on Monday recognizing the upcoming anniversary of the Armenian Genocide. Saturday, April 24th, marks the 106th anniversary of the beginning of the Armenian Genocide in 2015. Over the span of eight years, the Ottoman Empire targeted the mostly Christian Armenian minority for mass displacement, family separation, death marches, mass shootings, starvation, and other abuses. An estimated 1.5 million Armenians were killed in the genocide. Bishop David Malloy of Rockford, Rockford, chair of the USCCB's International Justice and Peace Committee, said, Thousands of Armenian children were torn from their families and forcibly converted. This horrific tragedy was intended to eliminate the Armenian people and their culture in what has been called the first genocide of the 20th century. Turkey has historically denied that the genocide took place, claiming that the number of Armenian deaths was lower than estimated and that many deaths were due to the First World War. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for keeping us up to date. Real quick, uh, make sure you stop by our website and uh, check out our podcast information, which, by the way, you can also find on uh, iTunes and Google Play, Stitcher, and elsewhere. But uh, the podcast feed is also listed right on our website, along with all of our sponsors, underwriters, more information about all the stations we're on. All of that can be found at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Uh, joining us right now is uh, a guest I'm very excited about, somebody who really has a highest level information on human trafficking, the scourge of, of human enslavement on planet Earth today. Uh, we're very excited to welcome uh, from deliverfund.org, Nick McKinley. Good morning to you, Nick. Hey, good morning, Joe. 
Praise be to God. Thanks for your time today. I was looking at your website and, uh, you know, up to 150,000 victims held as commercial sex slaves in the U.S. Uh, that's a startling number of slaves that are being uh, held right now. And I think it's a topic that I find, even in Catholic circles, uh, very few people ever talk about. We're very passionate people about uh, abortion and, and other crimes against the dignity of the human person. Uh, but this is a topic I wish we talked a lot more about. So I'm very excited that you're on today. Um, former CIA agent, uh, spending your life now uh, combating this evil. Can you just maybe set the stage? What is the state of human trafficking in our world today? Nick McKinley. Well, well, thanks, Joe, and thanks for you know helping to shine a light on this uh, this issue. Like you said, it's a it's a terrible scourge that's happening within our society, and uh, you know we are called to you know to free the slave, and so that's that we we need to get about the business of doing that, and that's what we decided to do here at Deliver Fund uh, with our lives. Uh, so when we talk about human trafficking, as you mentioned, we just need to get it out in the open that that is just a very uh, uh, modern word for slavery. Uh, slaves are not held in the uh, in the way that they used to be held, right? We we tend to think of slavery as people who are chained and and being uh, you know being forced to uh, perform labor against their will. Well, we can just remove the chains, and now those chains are psychological. Those chains are uh, familial. Those chains are are really fraud, force, coercion, and violence, uh, and that's what we're facing today. Mm. Who are human traffickers? I mean, uh, I mean, can you profile these people? Are they a certain kind? Is it all male? Are they a certain age? Are they a certain ethnicity? Are they? A, I mean, like, who are these people? If we could easily profile them, then the fight would be much easier for law enforcement. Uh, law enforcement or human traffickers do fit uh, certain demographic conditions, uh, primarily where they come from. Uh, a lot of human traffickers become human traffickers because they're, they're facing uh, inner city poverty. They're facing, they're facing a lot of the issues that somebody would uh, say choose to join a gang or choose to uh, join some other type of criminal enterprise. Uh, and so many human traffickers are coming out of those impoverished situations, seeing you know, what they regard as being a pimp uh, make no mistake, uh, the word pimp is just a fancy word for human trafficker, for slaveholder. Um, but they see that as a way out of inner city poverty. And then that very just there very quickly just becomes what it is that they do. Uh, it's not an excuse for enslaving other people, but it is a reason that we need to pay attention to. So these human traffickers think that they're just, that many of them that we've spoken with think that they're just becoming a, a, a pimp, that they're, they're going to participate in, uh, you know, pimping and prostitution, and, and they don't see it as the actual brutal form of, of slaveholding and control of another person that it actually is. Uh, speaking of which, why is it that the human trafficking doesn't really get the reputation that it deserves it's kind of overlooked and it's like a side issue uh, why does it not get the attention that i say uh, slavery in america a uh, hundred years ago does that's a great question and it all lies right here uh it's really the the massive mass adoption of smartphone technologies right uh and 
the fact that we now have a, a broadband connected computer in our pocket. When you look at uh, what used to be considered uh, kind of pre mass adoption of internet technologies, it used to just be considered uh, prostitution. Um, many people didn't realize that many of, of those, those persons who were engaging in, in prostitution were actually being forced to do that. But everybody knew what side of town you could go to, uh, where there was a red light district that, you know, you had prostitutes that were walking up and down what they refer to as a track. That was out in the open. We could see it. So the question is, where in your town is that today? Chances are that that appears to have cleaned up, but it's not. It's just been driven indoors because human traffickers no longer need to advertise those products on the street. They can now advertise them on the Internet just like any other business. Nick McKinley is our guest. He is with Deliver Fun. Deliverfun.org is the website. Highly encourage you to check it out. We'll link to it as well on our social feeds. Uh, we're talking about the scourge of human trafficking. Now, Nick, former CIA guy, former pararescueman, uh, you've been deployed overseas on probably many occasions. You've seen some action. Uh, what made you, did you do this work for, I mean, I, I don't know what you can and cannot tell me, but did you do human traffic hunting in, in your work as a federal agent or as a, as a member of the armed services? No, I tried to. Uh, that's actually how I ended up it, forming Deliver Fund. Uh, really, uh, the, and, and many people have heard me tell the story publicly. Uh, I was actually in Lashkar, Afghanistan. Uh, I, I walked away from a little over 17 years of government service with, uh, with 30 combat deployments under my belt, 30. Uh, which seems like a lot, wow. 30, um, that seems like a lot, but that is, I mean, I have friends who are, who are over 50, some of them are over 60 combat deployments. And we need to keep in mind that this is the, the longest war in the history of our country. So there are people who joined the military went to, say, a special operations unit after September 11th and have, have been at war every single year since. Um, well, you don't, you, you don't do that type of work at that level and, and that type of scale without getting very, very good at it if you're still alive. Mm. Um, and so most of the work that I did uh, within you know, the military and the CIA was all uh, personnel recovery, counter-narcotics, and counter-terrorism. But we continually bumped into the human trafficking problem. And every time I tried to find a, a, an outlet for that, every time I tried to find you know, somebody who was dealing with human trafficking in the same way we were dealing with, with the terrorism issue or the narcotics issue, could never find anybody. And that's when we just decided that we couldn't look away and we needed to, we needed to do something about this. Wow. Uh, great place to hold that spot, hold that thought. Nick, Nick McKinley is our guest. Deliverfund.org is his website. We're talking about human trafficking. And uh, on the other side of this very short break, I want to get into some more of the practical questions as parents uh, on trying to understand the risks involved for our friends, our family, our own kids, and the community around us. Nick McKinley is our guest, and we'll be right back with more. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Does hope give light to your day? One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. At the end of the long list of good works in his rule, St. Benedict finally gives the most important one. Never lose hope in God's mercy. Hope means that we bring the future 
where Jesus already reigns as risen Lord and Savior into the trials, fears, and discouragements of everyday life. Hope allows us to give a gentle reply to an angry outburst, to remain calm in the face of disappointments, to continue doing what we know we are supposed to do, even when the outcome seems fruitless. Hope allows us to turn over the results of our efforts to God, who will bring them to the completion He wills. For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. There are many places where the light of Jesus' resurrection does not shine. There is no place where it cannot shine in hope. Hi, I'm Emily Alcaraz, and I'm the co-host of the Catholic Drive Time Show, which airs from Monday to Friday at 6 a.m. Central Time. I'm excited to announce our partnership with our new underwriter, Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life offers a faith-based experience while supporting the gospel of life. They work with over a 1,000 pro-life agents worldwide and generously support a variety of pro-life organizations. Their website is realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Every trafficked, well, I didn't say that correct. Every trafficked child is purchased for sex 5.4 times per day. Stat listed on deliverfund.org. Let that sink in. Nick McKinley is our guest. He's the founder of deliverfund.org. Spent 17 years in the service of our country, in the military, as well as the CIA. And uh, now has an organization of, of uh, human traffic hunters, praise be to God, for their work. And he is our guest, and we're talking about this difficult subject. Thank you for being on our show again, Nick. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Joe. Uh, I know the team has a bunch of questions. I kind of want to jump into some more practical stuff. Maybe we can end up there. But uh, one of the questions I want to lead off with real quick is, Nick, can you help me understand who are the customers that would buy a product like this? If you want a good snapshot of who the customers are uh, for human trafficking victims, go to Deliver Fund's website and look at some of our recent uh, press releases. Uh, we, our analysts just did an operation in Tampa Bay, Florida around WWE, and there were 79 people arrested. Some of those were human traffickers, some of those were customers, and you'll get to see the, the, the snapshot of them all. Um, one of the very scary things is that uh, of the 79 customers, one was a wrestling coach and another was a, was a pastor of a local church. Mm. So these are, these are people that, that, you know, these are people in maybe not your immediate circle, but definitely people that you interact with who are acting as customers. And let's, let's make no mistake about this. This is a demand driven market. Um, in many cases, the economics show that availability will also drive the market. But at the end of the day, you have to have a demand. And so anybody who thinks that they're participating in prostitution and has done so more than three times, there's a 100% chance that they have fed money into the human trafficking cycle and they have abused a slave. Wow. Now, on your website here, Nick, it says every 2.5 hours, a child is taken by human traffickers. Now, I we broadcast out of Houston. When I first moved here, I was shocked at how many Amber Alerts we get for missing children. It's like, especially if you go out into more rural areas, it's, it's like constant. Um, so why are children so easy being taken so easily? Like why? Who is protecting them or, or not protecting them? 
Well, we need to first uh, discuss what we talk about when we say taken. Uh, this isn't the movie taken, right? This isn't, you know, children abducted and, and taken into a black van and taken overseas and sold. And while that does happen, and uh, it, it's actually very rare. What When we say taken, what we mean is, is a child who's in a very vulnerable situation. That could be for any number of reasons. They, they could be a runaway. They could have uh, aged out of the foster care system, which means they might be 18 in one day, but let's face it, they're still very much a child. Um, they, it, it could just be any, any type of vulnerable child is going to be preyed upon by human traffickers. This is their business. It's what they do. They're very good at it. Uh, they're usually mentored by somebody who's also done it for a long time, and they know how to manipulate uh, manipulate children, uh, specifically teenage girls. And then we have the whole gender identity crisis that's going on right now. That leads to a lot of vulnerability amongst uh, amongst you know younger boys. Nick McKinley is our guest. Deliverfund.org is his website. And we're talking about the human trafficking scourge of uh, enslavement of peoples in our planet today and what we should be doing about it. Um, I would like you to address, as, as a parent, I got six kids, two grandkids. And um, the very thought that someone could take one of my kids makes my heart skip a beat. What, what, as parents, what should we know? What, what do we need to know about uh, all of this uh, that might help protect our friends, our family, and even our own kids? We need to educate our children as to what human trafficking is, right? So if we go back and we look at the, the war on drugs in the 1980s, uh, nobody really knew what was going on with narcotics. The government came out with a bunch of, uh, a bunch of PSAs. The next thing you know, we're telling our kids uh, and educating them about, you know, just saying no if somebody offers them drugs. Uh, it's the same thing with human trafficking and the human trafficking cycle. We need to educate our children as to what it is. Uh, we actually uh, put put forward a, a YouTube series on Deliver Fund's YouTube channel, which is called uh, Hunting with the Huntress. And one of our uh, one of our senior targeting analysts, uh, Kara Smith, will will walk parents through the social media of these human traffickers and tell you why they're doing what they're doing and how they're doing it. Uh, so in many ways we say, well, we want to, we want to protect our children, but we can't be with our children all the time. And human traffickers are not going to snatch them out of a grocery store. Again, it's not that that never happens. It does happens in our heart happen. And our, our heart breaks for the parents who have to experience that. But mo most human trafficking is, an older guy meets, you know, slightly older guy meets a slightly younger girl online, starts talking to her, starts manipulating her, starts driving a wedge between her and her parents and her and her friends and her support network, convinces her to run away with him. He's actually a scout for a human trafficker. He's doing this to five or six other girls uh, at simultaneously, um, gets that girl in front of that human trafficker. Uh, there is a, uh, a period that they call the seasoning period. Um, I, we won't get into the details of what they do, but it's incredibly brutal and it just breaks their will and makes them uh, reliant on narcotics and, uh, uh, and the trafficker for their very survival. Uh, and so what we need to do, what we fight at Deliver Fund is the actual human trafficker. And it's important to understand that you cannot have a human trafficking victim 
if you do not have a human trafficker, so we target the human trafficker, the church is really trying to target the demand side by changing the hearts of men. Um, we need to, as parents, address really what is the supply side of this economic chain, which is educating our children as to what human trafficking is, how human traffickers will manipulate them, and more importantly, and this is key, if you have a teenage girl, you probably know you don't know as much about her life as, say, her friends do. And that's actually the key, is because friends will pay attention to what's happening with their friends. And so by educating your daughter about what's happening with human trafficking, you very well may help her save one of her friend's life and vice versa. Wow. Now, as a woman, we constantly get these on social media. You'll see like, oh, if you see like a a paper on your windshield or if you see this on your car, um, just get in and lock the doors right away. Like constantly there's all these like creative things that people say human traffickers do. Would you say that's realistic? Um, do, Do women really just get taken outside of targets for trying to unstick something from their car? No, uh, those, and, and because God provided me with the platform, I'm going to use it. Um, all those conspiracy theories, the QAnon, you know, people are eating children in their basement. The, uh, what was the other one? Uh, it was a furniture company that was selling children in cabinetry online. Um, you know, the water bottle on the car, the piece of paper on the car, absolute and complete conspiracy theories that are just not true. Um, human traffickers don't have to go to those lengths to get to, to get victims for them to manipulate. Uh, there are plenty of vulnerable people in, in the world. And we want you to think about it this way. Every single uh, teenage girl is potentially vulnerable to becoming a human trafficking victim. Um, same thing with, uh, with younger boys. However, once you start adding lack of a positive male role model, lower socioeconomic status, lack of opportunity. We're in the middle of COVID. So we've taken away the only structure that a lot of these kids have within school. And we've given them a laptop and free broadband internet access. Uh, What that has done is actually increased the human trafficking problem because these human traffickers primarily target, you know, runaways at bus stops, kids who age out of the foster care system and vulnerable people, they know how to find them. They do not need to abduct victims out of the the, the parking lot of a uh, grocery store. Wow. We only have about uh, two and a half minutes left with Nick McKinley from deliverfund.org. Um, Nick, I, I want to ask you real quick about the, the tools that traffickers use to groom, find and groom these their, their victims. And I understand video games are a big component in that. Can you speak to that? Yes. Uh, video games are a big component, uh, specifically with the chat feature. Uh, so if you've got kids that are using, you know, that are, that are playing video games online and they're connected to the Internet, um, and I'm talking gaming console boxes, not just on computers, uh, the chat feature, you either need to monitor it as a parent or disable it because that is exactly how human traffickers will, will get into your home and start speaking to your children. Uh, and, and it's happening in ways that, that you don't even uh, – you know, obviously that you don't understand. And they think they're talking to a friend who's the same age in some other state, uh, but it's really a, a, a human trafficker. And you can actually go to our Deliver Fund website at deliverfund.org, go into the media page, and you'll actually find a case of a 12-year-old boy who was groomed 
to be a trap or to be a trafficking victim over a period of months through a gaming console. And uh, he was actually abducted outside of his house uh, willingly, but taken then to another state and uh, um, law enforcement was able to recover him luckily. Wow. Pretty insane. Um, how do you, I assume you operate off of donations. I mean, how do, how do you fund your organization that helps to fight human traffickers? Right now we are exclusively funded uh, by, you know, by the people. Uh, by by the church, if you will, and so uh, yes, donations are what we're highly highly reliant upon. And and for people who re- really want to get involved in the fight against human trafficking, our analysts are you know most of them are, are former law enforcement, former CIA, former NSA, uh, former Navy SEALs uh, with with human intelligence backgrounds. Um, this is the work that they do full time, and they need your support in order to be able to do it. We we can't do this by ourselves without the support of the public. All right. Well, my dear listener, please consider making a uh, contribution to the cause to fight human traffickers. Deliverfund.org is the website. Nick McKinley, thank you for your time, and thank you for your service to our country, and thank you for your service to our people. Thank you, Joe. God love you. God bless you, Nick. Have a great day. And that's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Uh, We will post this conversation later today on our YouTube channel and our social feeds. Please do us a favor. Share that with your friends and your family. Let's help to educate and inform. But in the next hour, if you can join us, we have a lot more Catholic Drive Time coming up. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get the links to join us if you can. If not, God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for another round of Catholic Drive Time. God bless. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. In Romans chapter 3, it says that none is righteous in that all have sinned. But the Catholic Church teaches that Mary is without sin. How can that be? Romans 3 verse 10 says, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. Yet James 5.16 says that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If absolutely no one is righteous, then who is James talking about? Luke chapter 1 says that Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous before God. If absolutely no one is righteous, then how can that be? Is scripture contradicting itself? No, the folks who interpret Romans as saying absolutely without exception no one is righteous are misinterpreting that passage. They are failing to realize that the key to understanding Romans 3.10 is the phrase, it is written. Here in Romans, Paul is quoting from the Old Testament, Psalm 14 to be exact. In Psalm 14, it says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. There is none that does good. But then that same psalm goes on to talk about the righteous. Well, if none has done good, who are the righteous people the psalm is talking about? Obviously, when the psalmist says that none is good, he is talking about the fools who say there is no God. He is not talking about absolutely everyone. Just so Paul, when he quotes from this psalm, Paul is not saying absolutely no one is righteous. If he was, then how do you explain all the Old and New Testament passages that refer to the righteous? In Romans 3.11, it says that no one seeks for God. Does that mean that absolutely no one is seeking God? No, to interpret it that way would be ludicrous. Just so verse 23, which says that all have sinned. 
Babies haven't sinned, have they? Little children haven't sinned, have they? No, this is not an absolute. There are exceptions. So it is perfectly legitimate to say that these passages from Romans, when interpreted in context, in no way conflict with the church's teaching on Mary being without sin. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. We just wrapped up a conversation with Nick McKinley from Deliver Fund. I can't tell you uh, how I've been waiting to have a conversation around human trafficking for a very long time, trying to get someone at the highest level possible. And Nick McKinley really fulfilled that. Uh, Hopefully we'll have him back to continue that conversation, to continue to raise awareness on this subject that does not get enough uh, coverage, in my opinion. But we'll be posting that conversation later today via our YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, all of that. So praise be to God. Good morning to you, Emily Alcrez. Good morning. That was such a good conversation. I feel like we need to talk more about this. After I think after abortion, this is the biggest crisis of our time. There was so much I wanted to get into, but we just didn't have enough time. Yeah. Um, Like, for instance, uh, every time there's a Super Bowl, an Olympics, a major sporting event, he talked about an event around a wrestling event event like a wwe or mm-hmm. whatever that's called and how they they have to go in and they they do these stings to to round up human traffickers and the people who would purchase these slaves um boy i want more time with, on that subject but another day praise be to god i'm so grateful for the time we had mm-hmm. uh, speaking of being grateful for the time we have adrian fonseca's on the ones and twos good See, morning I, to you i thought you were going to say speaking of slave because you know slave of our lady right is that where you're going to go with that? That's what I was going to go with that. <laughs> I like the spin. You got to love the CDT spin. Got to, got to bring up the good news for this hour. <laughs> Praise be to God. Uh, speaking of good news, nice shirt, Adrian. Thank you. Thank you. The uh, the consensus in the chat is that uh, it's a great shirt. So it, thank it, you very much. It, rose? Uh, pink. Yes. It's, oh, it's pink. pink. You're going pink straight shirt. up pink. It's a pink shirt. Is that the Miami Vice shade? I mean, what I, is that? I don't know what Miami Vice is, Do but you, you know. seriously not know what Miami, Miami not, Vice not, is? Not, not even a little, but it, oh it sounds like, I mean, it's Miami and the word vice, Man. so it can't be any good. Bad um, stuff that happens in Crockett <laughs> made the pink polo hot in the 80s. It was amazing. Yeah, amazing that, there you see. go, 80s. That's why I have no Wearing idea. Wearing shoes with no socks on? Man, that was the best. That sounds gross. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All the old people are like, yeah, I know what you're saying. Anyway, praise be to God. We had, uh, like I said, we had a great interview there. We'll be posting it. We encourage you to share that video to help educate, inform, 
your friends and your family members about the situation on human trafficking, which, by the way, uh, video game consoles are a major tool in the arsenal of human traffickers to isolate your children. So, uh, you know, take note. Take note. On this hour, we're going to be jumping into uh, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We'll also... Uh, have our fear and trembling game show and a whole new opportunity this week with prizes involved, a new prize. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, Emily, the prize pack this week is actually quite large. Yeah, that's right. Providential Co. is giving away a prize set. So it includes a candle, a print, and a pin from their shop. Yeah, praise be to God. What's the website? Providential.co. Providential.co. So check that out. We're very grateful to our sponsors of our game show. They're very kind to us to give us prizes to give away to all of you. So uh, if you want the rules of how our game works, how it's played, or what the phone number might be in case you want to get on early, you can do that on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. By the way, uh, Real Estate for Life called me yesterday, realestateforlife.org, and they're like, Joe, we got a lot of calls from the radio, but we're not sure which one is coming from Catholic Drive Time. So if you if you want to call and thank our sponsor for being a generous underwriter, uh, you can find their phone number on their website. Uh, it's realestateforlife.org. Just make sure you let them know Catholic Drive Time sent you. That'd be very grateful. Praise be to God. All right, whatever is on your heart today, whatever your needs are, your intentions, we're going to be praying for you. I'm praying for our radio apostolate, of course, our team here at the Catholic Drive Time, uh, for Emily's future as her last day with us is uh, looming large, and and whoever God intends to to fill her role with, we're praying for them as well. And of course, all those that are be uh, trafficked today, all those that are enslaved today, we're praying for their delivery, their freedom from this slavery, and for those to seek to uh, to have justice served upon them who are enslaving them. Now, let's ask Our Lady to intercede for all of these intentions. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, Despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Emily Alcrest. The Croatian government is offering college scholarships to young Christians at risk of persecution. The country's education and foreign ministries have invited Christian students from developing countries to apply for the scholarships by May 17th. Scholarships are the result of an amendment to the state budget proposed by Mariana Petir, an independent member of Croatia's parliament and accepted by the government in November. Petir said, quote, The planned funding of 237 billion euros is intended for scholarships for young people who are persecuted for their faith in a way that allows them to study in Croatia and gain knowledge and then return to their homeland where they will help build their communities in a democratic and tolerant society. The money will be intended for their study and accommodation needs during their studies in Croatia. The Bishop of Allentown, Pennsylvania, has proclaimed a jubilee year to promote a greater dedication to the Holy Eucharist. Bishop Alfred Schlert of Allentown declared a year of the real presence, which began on Divine Mercy Sunday, April 11th, and will end on the Solemnity of Corpus Christi, June 19th of 2022. The Jubilee also aligns with the 60th anniversary of the establishment of the diocese, which occurred on January 28th. 
During the Jubilee year, Catholics in the diocese can obtain a partial indulgence by taking part in any of the Jubilee events, especially the opening Mass for Divine Mercy Sunday and the closing Eucharistic procession and benediction. An indulgence is the remission of the temporal punishment due to sins which have already been forgiven. It may be applied to oneself or to a soul in purgatory. A 2019 Pew Research study found that just 31% of U.S. Catholics believe that the bread and wine used in the Eucharist through a process called transubstantiation become the body and blood of Jesus, a fundamental teaching central to the Catholic faith, known as the Real Presence. The survey's release has prompted calls for better catechesis and formation for Catholics in the country. Pope Francis's Wednesday and Sunday speeches to the public will now be accessible in American Sign Language. The Vatican's communications office announced that No One Left Out initiative at the end of last month. It is now in an experimental phase. Sister Veronica Amada Donatello, a member of the Alicantarine Franciscan Sisters, told Catholic News Agency that the project uses the tool of sign language to allow everyone to receive the word of God and the words of the Pope, because the gospel and the words of the successors of Peter are addressed to all. Sister Donatello is the head of the Disabilities Office for the Italian Bishops' Conference, which provides live sign language interpretation for televised masses and other religious programming on it Italian television. Sister Donatello said that the church can better serve people with disabilities by, quote, as the Holy Father reminds us, putting those at the peripheries, the discarded, at the center, listening to them in the decision-making process and the involvement of proposals. Donatello, who grew up knowing both Italian and sign language, said that as a church, we need to move past the perspective of holding special events or a day of for people with disabilities and to include them in ordinary life. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Tuesday morning headlines through a Catholic lens. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Pope St. Anicetus. Pray for us. He was born in the second century in Syria, son of John, but little is known about his life before his election as the 11th Pope in 155 AD. He met with St. Polycarp of Smyrna and allowed the Eastern Christians to celebrate Easter on the 14th day of Nisan, regardless of whether it fell on Sunday. Oh, okay. Uh, Anicetus took a firm stand against Gnosticism, decreed that churchmen i.e. clergy, priests, and bishops should not have long hair. This was in keeping with 1 Corinthians 11.14 that says, Does not nature itself teach you that for a man to wear long hair is degrading to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her pride, for her hair is given to her for a covering. He went on to uh, mark the differences between the laity and the clergy for the first time in the church, actually. He died in 166 AD, and uh, he was for a long time considered a martyr, probably because most people at that time thought all the popes in the early church must have been martyred. But it's not real. There's no evidence to suggest that Pope St. Anicetus was martyred for the faith. But either way, Pope St. Anicetus, pray for us. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 6, verses 30 through 35. The crowd said to Jesus, What sign can you do that we may see and believe in you? What can you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, it was not Moses 
who gave the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said to Jesus, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I just, this passage, man, the, the audacity of these, of these people to demand a sign out of our Lord and to be so uh, stiff-necked and, and curmudgeon about it at that. What can you do? Huh? Our ancestors ate manna from the, from, from, in the desert, from Moses. What can you do? See, this is why I would never, uh, I, if it were me, I'm like, as sinful as I am, forget it. Time out for you, buddy. Go into the corner. We're, we're talking some punishment here. But that's not our Lord. He is way more, uh, he is way more uh, patient with these people than I think I would be. Uh, he's, acting, he's calling them to an act of faith. The first step is to seek first the kingdom of God. The second step is all else will be given you besides. What is the all else? It is something greater than simply bread that comes down and spoils after a day, which is what the people in the wilderness ate. No, it is greater than that. It is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Holy Eucharist, given to us as true manna for our true journey to heaven. Adrian, uh, anything from uh, Cornelius Alapidae or, or, the, or the, the ox? Uh, yes, so the... A couple things here. One is I'm much less uh, <laughs> uh, offended by what they're saying because this it, it strikes me as something that is exactly according to my own uh, sinful nature. It, it's just nature for us to say, oh, give me a sign. And we do it all the time. Uh, I mean, I do it all the time where I'm like, God, just just tell me. What do you want me to do? Show me. Give me a sign. Show, give me a miracle. Um, and we, and it's, it's a constant thing that we have. We are always demanding more and more from God. Um, and that's not, that's not our position in life. We, we don't demand things from God. We receive what he has freely given us. And then we owe him everything. We owe him our very life. Yet it is Christ himself who gives of his life for us because Moses, Moses, whenever he had the manna come down from heaven, he did not do it by his own power. Uh, according to Salapid, it says it was the angels who brought down the manna from heaven. It was not Moses who did so. But the new bread from heaven, that is actually Christ himself. That is Christ himself. And he did it but not by a power of another, but by his own power. He brought it. So, he, and this refers back to here, we already see that he, he multiplied the loaves and fishes. And the people are like, okay, that's great. But whenever Moses gave us food from heaven... Whenever he did that, he was only claiming to be the leader of the Israelites. You are claiming to be the Messiah, the savior of mankind, the, the one that was prophesied by Moses, so greater than Moses. Yet here you are doing the same kind of miracle. So what can you do? What can you show us that's even greater than that? And so our Lord responds and says that there will be a greater bread, a greater bread from heaven that, will, that you will consume and you will not perish. And that is the, the Holy Eucharist. The Holy Eucharist, that is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Not the crucified body, but the resurrected body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Uh, so I think that's the thing that I think we should uh, focus on for today. All right. Praise be to God. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back and we're going to play Fear and Trembling. And we're going to have uh, a great time. So if you want to be in on the action, all you got to do is call uh, 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. First caller gets to be our guest, our contestant to win this week's or potentially win this week's prize from uh, Providence. Uh, what is it? Providence Co. Um, we're very excited about our brand new pack. $100 value. And somebody's going to get three chances in on the drawing. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Fear and Trembling is coming up next. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read scripture, read the catechism, listen to apologetics tapes, listen to Catholic radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10. Do not be afraid, henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, the sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ and welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and don't tell anybody this. Simply keep this between us, but we do a couple of things here. Uh, One, we like to teach a little bit about the faith. So you always learn something you did not know before. That's kind of cool. We like to have a laugh in the process, and our contestants are always a lot of fun. So that's cool. And then we give out prizes. So it's kind of a win-win-win for everybody. But here's the kicker. I have three Catholic trivia questions in my hand, but we don't ask the caller these questions. So they don't even need to know the answers to these questions. Instead, I ask Emily, I ask Adrian. One of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. 
And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide who do they trust more, Emily or Adrian. And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Tell them what they could win, Emily. This week's prize sponsor is Providential.co. That's Providential Company. You can find them on their social media sites. Um, That's Facebook, Instagram, and also their website, Providential.co. This week, they're giving away a prize set that includes a victory votive candle, a print of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and a memento mori enamel pin. Um, now, the victory votive candle smells like church incense, so Ooh. frankincense and other elements of incense. Yeah, it's a really cool prize set worth almost $75. So thank you, Providential Company, for sponsoring our prize this week. Praise be to God. Fun fact, my wife bought me a thurible a couple of years ago. A year and a half, two years ago, whatever it was. And I like to smoke the house out with the the incense. It's a beautiful smell. All right. Uh, a lot of people who called in. Praise be to God. Thank you for doing it. We're very grateful for everyone who tries to call in. If you don't get on today, try again tomorrow. The phone number is listed on our website. But let's go to the phones. Let's see. Uh, caller number one is Valentin. Good morning to you, Valentin. Praise be to God. Uh, where are you calling from? San Antonio. San Antonio. Well, you got some people in the car I can hear. Who's in the car with you? Say your name. I couldn't hear everything, but uh, praise be to God. Thank you guys for calling in today. We're very excited. Where do you guys go to church? We go to St. Matthew's. St. Matthew's. In San Antonio. I've been there on a number of occasions. Praise be to God for that. It's good to have you guys on today. Uh, now, are you familiar with the rules? Do you know how the game is played? Yes. Yes. So then yes, you, we are. Then you know Emily and Adrian are very tricky, and you got to listen to them carefully. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, however, am totally on your side, just so you know. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. <laughs> ready to play. Here we go. We're going to start with yeah. Emily first. Uh, Emily, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yes. Emily, can you tell me, how do you say, let us pray in Latin? So I want the Latin version of let us pray. Okay. I think... Okay, mm, I'm going to go with Pater Noster. Pater Noster. Yes. That's your answer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm, okay. Uh, Adrian, Adrian, can you tell me, how do I say, let us pray in Latin? Oremus. 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 Hmm. Adrian is on the hook for Oremus. Emily is on the hook for Pater Noster. Who's right? Who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. Valentin, what say you? Adrian! Survey says... Whoa, let's go! <laughs> wow! wow. I got I That may be the hardest question to, in three, and you got you nailed it. You didn't even bat an eye at it. Wow. Did you know that one? Was that tricky? or uh, What was your secret to success on that question? I just... <laughs> you, you know <laughs> Latin? Oh. <laughs> well, praise be to God, it was a great guess. In fact, Oremus is the Latin version of Let Us Pray. So congratulations. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence. For one try, you get two more. Um, but I think the next two are fairly easy, in my opinion. But we'll see how it goes here. 
Adrian, we're starting with you. Awesome. Adrian, can you tell me, what are the two great commandments? What are the two great commandments? Um, let's see. I'm going to go with, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. And the second is like, unto it, allow others to do as they wilt. <laughs> do what thou wilt and let others do what thou wilt. There's a lot of wilting going on. There. There's a lot of wilting. Okay. Okay. Let's see what Emily has to say. Emily, can you tell me, what are the two great commandments? So the two great great commandments are one, love God, and two, love your neighbor. Pretty straightforward. Yes. No wilting involved. No okay. wilting. I don't believe so, no. no. All right, so Adrian is on the hook for do what thou wilt and let others do what thou wilt. <laughs> and Emily is on the hook for... Are you laughing? <laughs> Is it perfectly reasonable? Uh, yeah, <laughs> amen, brother. Preach it. Uh, and Emily is on the hook for love God and love your neighbor. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Emily or Adrian? Valentine? What say you? Emily. Emily. Yay! Praise God. Good. I'm glad God. you know that. <laughs> Can you tell me where I took mine from? Yeah, pop quiz. A bonus point if you know where Adrian got his wrong, so so wrong answer from. Sounds like a meme. Hmm. Alistair Crowley. Today's culture. Today's yeah, culture. Basically, wow. Basically, yeah, basically. Honestly, it's, honestly, uh, yeah. it's basically the, it's the mantra of Satanist. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh my goodness. Oh, and oh. Martin Luther too, by the way. L- oh, legitimately, it's actually like yes, like yeah. legitimately. Oh my goodness. Yes. That's Alistair Crowley's statement. All right, uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Praise be to God. In fact, love God and love your neighbor yeah, are the two great commandments. Well done. Two times. Your almost perfect score here. This last one, I, I think it's fairly straightforward. Let's just see how it goes. Emily, uh, back to you this time. Emily, can you tell me, are Catholics allowed to be members of the Freemasons or de Molay? Um. Well, I'm pretty sure... Some Catholics have been Freemasons in the past, so I'm going to go with yes. Your answer is yes. Yeah, like Bugnini. Wasn't Bugnini a Freemason? I'm going to say yes. Huh. Oh, okay. Adrian, can you tell me, are Catholics allowed to be members of de Molay or Freemasons? Uh, I'm going to go with no. 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 All right. So Adrian is on the hook for no, and Emily is on the hook for yes. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Valentine, what say you? Adrian! Survey says not even there bad. There we go, three for three. Do we wow. even know what Freemasons are? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there's either some really incredibly fast Googling going on in the car, or Dad may be pumping them with some answers. I'm not sure. But either way, they, they, they're in the cup three times. Praise be three to God. Three for three. We have the same name, so we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, right. yeah that's the rules. <laughs> yeah, praise be to God. And uh, are we headed off to school this morning? Is that where we're inbound? Uh, yes, we are in traffic, heading over to Mount Sacred Heart in San Antonio, Texas. Mount awesome. Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart. Well, Valentine and uh, and company, praise be to God. God love you. Perfect score. You're in the coffee cup three times. If it be God's holy will, you will be pulled out of the coffee cup at Divine Providence on Friday, so you better tune in to listen. But we're going to put you on hold so we make sure we get your phone number just in case. But God love you guys. Thanks for playing today. You guys were a lot of fun. 
Thank you. You guys too. God All right. bless. God bless you. Take Praise care, be everybody. to God. Have a great day. And uh, that's going to do it. That was fun. And that was a lot of fun. Praise be to God. Those were some hard questions. I'm very proud. You, did you think they were hard? I don't know. I thought I, the, the I, first one was the hardest. Yeah, the first one was pretty difficult. The, the, the sec, third one could be hard if you don't know what Freemasons or Demolo. Demo, yeah. How do you say Demolay. that? Demolay. Yeah, that's that, the uh, the youth organization. I looked him mm-hmm. up and I was like, wow, that looks like a lot of fun. I can see why <laughs> I can see why uh, this attracts people. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I was a, a third degree master mason. So uh, so it, to me, it was a teachable moment. That's just why I included it in the lineup. But they didn't bat an eye at it. They just they, they knocked knew. it out of the yeah, way. They, they did great. Yeah. So praise be to God. All right, that's going to do it for the radio side of our program today. So thank you for joining us on the radio. We always love having you on our program today. If you're going to tune in to the Holy Mass next, uh, please do keep us in your prayers. We'd be very grateful to you. We, of course, are praying for your intentions as well. Um, You know, uh, Emily's last day is coming up May 14th, so please keep her in your prayers, her future, her life. Uh, going back to the Wendy city of, uh, of Chicago. I'm not sure why anybody wants to live there, but she apparently does. Feels called to. So, mission territory, Emily. I love Chicago. I think it's incredible. Well, there you go, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm only teasing Chicago. All right, we're going to go into the after show here in a moment, live on video, uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. If you're able to join us, we'd love to conversate with you there. Whatever's on your heart, you get to drive that conversation. So all you got to do is comment. If you're a first-time commenter, we have something special just for you. So let us know. If you've never commented before, make sure we know where you are so that we can uh, we can lavish the love. Let's just put it that way. All right, that's going to do it. Tomorrow on the program, we have a whole new guest, a whole new lineup. We have uh, John Horvitt from uh, TFP. We're going to be talking about the revolution. Valentin was talking about that a minute ago. But the counter-revolution, the return to order, is the order of the day. That'll be our conversation tomorrow. Dale Allquest on Thursday and Cindy Morales on Friday. A whole lineup. It's going to be incredible. We're looking forward to hanging out with you at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, Catholic Drive Time. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a little bit more casual in our conversation with you about whatever you want to talk about. You are the one that gets to drive this, so please do leave a comment. Let us know where you're from, and especially if you are a first-time commenter. Now, just fair warning, uh, the Catholic Drive Time after show program tends to be a little, a lot more casual. It tends to be... Um, there's a lot of inside jokes that get flown around, get tossed around. Uh, we'll, we'll try to catch you up if you're new. Let us know, and we'll try to catch you up and bring you on, on the inside. We want you to be on the inside. Praise be to God. Let me just mention, too, uh, I, I'm very grateful to everyone who is on our email list. We are, have a growing email list of super fans and Catholic Drive Time Insiders, and it's a lot of fun 
to see uh, to see the community there. So if you want to be on our email list, what happens is every Thursday, at least every Thursday, I send an email out with links to performer uh, conversations that we had over the past week. And I also throw out content that we've not given anywhere else. So that way you have some uh, unique content just for you. And uh, I'm, I last this past Thursday, I, I sent a link to a talk, a three-part series that I gave at a parish mission called The Radical Choice. So I gave out the first talk. I'll send out the second talk this week. So The Radical Choice Facing Eternity. That's coming up. So you can find the way to get on our email list is go to our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. By the way, uh, just for signing up, you automatically get a half-hour talk from Father Bill Casey on the state of the church, state of the union. Where's the church today? What are we facing? What do we need to do about it? And it's powerful. Short, it's to the point, it's powerful. You're going to get that in your inbox automatically when you sign up at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Or you can pull out your phone and text the the letters grn to the number 42828. Eric, I don't remember if we resolved your email issue or not. Um, If you Direct message me on Facebook, maybe. I don't know if you're on Facebook or not. If not, joe at grnonline is my email. Joe at grnonline.com if you want to send me an email. All right. Let's see. Who is on the program? Who is hanging out with us this morning? Sienna and uh, Jeff and his and his family are all on, on the YouTube side. So Praise good God. morning that good way. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Chris Velasquez is on. David. Uh, I think that's Dave, right? I think so. And then uh, we have... Eric, uh, you already mentioned Eric, Angelo, Susanna, Susan, uh, and Jennifer. I think that's everybody on the YouTube side. Who do y'all have elsewhere? On GRN Facebook, we have William Pease. Good morning, William. Woo! Uh, we have Christopher Chance, of course, is always here. Good morning, Patty. She's gone now, but she was here. Bruce Tillman. Good morning, Bruce, if you're still here. Um, let's see. Who else do we have over on GR- GRN? Is William, did you say William Pease? Yeah, I think William and Bruce are both new. I uh, know Bruce, no, Bruce has commented, has commented before, before oh, but okay. William might be new. William, I think you're new. Yeah. Let um, us know, William. Because all first-time commenters get lavished some love uh, with a special sounder he, just he, for you. He was pretty early on, so I'm not sure if he's still I'm, here. I'm scrolling back up just to see. He's the first comment, yeah. <laughs> was he really the first? Oh, I see it. William Pease. Good morning. Praise be to God, William. Um I think we got to send it to I him. I think just in case just we, do, we don't we don't want to on the side of caution. Exactly. We Always. we don't want to accidentally convict him of a crime so <laughs> yeah. you know. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. 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 Praise be that's, to God. That's William. so beautiful. Thanks for being a first time commenter. We're very grateful to you. Although uh, I think we need uh, every once in a while we should just automatically toss in the horns. Just, you know, for good measure. Don't, don't you oh, agree? Man. <laughs> oh, is that a new button? You beat me to it. I was trying to get there with the button. And you're like, man, come on, man. What's up with that? I don't know. What's up with that? I don't know. <laughs> what happened? We have buttons. That's all I got to say. We have buttons. We have buttons to play with. Praise be to God. All right. See, I warned you, though. In my defense, I warned you. I told you there'd be insider jokes that'd be tossed around, you know, carelessly. Yeah, Chris said on on Facebook, 
Hashtag sharing inside jokes with complete strangers. <laughs> exactly. Favorite pastime here. Uh, Luz, good morning. She has a question for us. By the way, Luz and Jesus Robles, Lori and Don, praise be to God for hanging out with us also on the Facebook side. Joaquin is over there. Josh, good morning to you. Uh, Gloria, good morning to you. It's so good to hang out with you always. We're so grateful. Uh, you know, nor- normal Catholic drive timers uh, hanging out every morning, but praise be to God. Lou says, I have a question for you guys. Uh-oh. Can you all tell me your favorite movies? Any saint movies you recommend? Sunday I watched the movie of St. Ignatius of Loyola. I highly recommend it. It is a really good movie. Uh, Louis, I I'm guessing you mean the one on Formed. And you're right. It is a very good movie about St. Ignatius of Loyola. And it was, it was great production quality. Good acting. It was a very well done film uh, about the life of the saint. I do recommend that for sure. Uh, what else? Do you guys have any fa- favorite movies, favorite saint movies in particular? Um, any movie made about the Jesuits. So Black Robe, The Mission, Silence. <laughs> All those. It's funny how you said that. Okay. The, yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, Awkward, the mission is great. Okay. The mission is great. Uh, mission. Silence, though. I think. Did silence you like the mission? I like the mission. I, I really. Enjoyed I watched it. it a couple. I don't know. Six months. I, I middle of last year, I guess, is when I watched the mission again. I had watched it in years. You know, his character goes from a, a, a slave trader. To a Catholic priest mm-hmm. in the in the in the span of a scene. Yes, but it it's course of like months, like maybe years even, because he like a long time passes. Just... Mission is a great movie. Silence is also a great movie. It's just the ending is kind of. Um, I never a, watched. It's a little too open to interpretation. Yeah. Yes, that's why yeah. I never watched it because I thought it would anger me the whole time. No, it wouldn't. No, the whole, the whole movie time. was very yeah. good. It shows mm-hmm. a lot of martyrdom of the lady. That's very strong and powerful. Very powerful. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. It's it's a really and also it's just really well done movie. It's oh, yeah. absolutely stunning. high quality. Very yeah. high quality. I'm but I would not recommend it to children. Uh, not recommended for children at all. Um, the mine I would say is uh, for greater glory. Greater Glory. Mm, I've seen that that like six times. I love that movie. It is a good film. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, Jose Sanchez Del Rio in that film is fantastic. Fantastic. I am a big fan of St. Jose Sanchez Del Rio and especially the actor who played him in the film uh, for for Greater Glory. Good film. Very good film. Highly recommend that for sure. And the one about Jose Maria Escriva is in There There Be Dragons. I've seen it. I actually went to a pre-screening of that film before it it launched in the theaters. You know, there's something tragic happened to that film since it released. Did you like it? I watched it a very long time ago and I do, I remember liking it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it. I I liked it. It was, uh, it was well made, had good actors in it. Um, I felt it like it left a little bit hanging towards like the end about sort of um, I'm going back on memory here about the the like sort of the, the heroic nature of Saint of Saint Jose Maria Escriva. <clears throat> I wanted more, I guess, of the life. I wanted more of Saint Jose versus the actual storyline is carried by um, the son of of these parents and their craziness. And I wanted mm. more St. Jose. Yeah. But I want to, so I, I tried to go back and watch this film again because it's on, on um, Prime Video. Mm-hmm. Something happened to this film, and I would love to know what it was. When I watched this film in the theaters, it was a special screening from the director. Um, it was well done, sounded great, 
good production quality. When you go back and watch it now, they must have gotten sued or something on the audio track side because they're using canned uh, music that I could purchase off some website. What? And it sounds terrible. And I just don't understand what happened. It's a tragedy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Oh, David L. Yes, yes, yes. On YouTube said the reluctant saint, the story of St. Joseph Cupertino. I love that one. That might be my favorite, actually. Yes. I'm obsessed with that movie. I love it. We've watched that a bunch of times at our house. That is a very good film. And St. Teresa of Avila said, (laughs) I would not recommend silence. (laughs) Yeah, amen. (laughs) I, I probably wouldn't recommend it either, so you know. New commenter? What? Yeah, I think I think that 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 is a new commenter. Saint so. Teresa, big fan of yours. Yes, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that means? Jesus. Oh, whoops! Whoops! Oh, wrong button. Oh, easy. Go easy. Oh, my, my bad. My bad. Whoops. Oh, um, I mean, go easy, buddy. I mean, like right uh, out of the gate, brand new comment. You're just gonna throw that on them? It was an accident. It was an accident. Wow. I, I, I hit my my finger slipped. I hit Saint the wrong button. Teresa of Avila, on on behalf of our team here, we sincerely apologize for throwing <laughs> that at you. Now that you, that's all you're gonna think about for the rest of your day is that viral song. And y'all can now see how I just like removed my microphone off of its stand again. <laughs> Why does this keep happening? Uh, divine justice? I don't know. Um, at any rate, it's not Friday yet. It's, it's, humility, Friday. it's humility Friday. Saint Teresa of Avila. Where are you from? Praise be to God. Thanks for being a first time commenter, by the way. Uh, Christopher Velasquez, Jose Sanchez's relic is at my church in Our Lady Guadalupe. Super cool. Yeah. Praise be to God. I got awesome. to, uh, also venerate a relic of uh, blessed Miguel pro there. There's a, a Catholic bookshop, uh, not far from here that has a relic of blessed Miguel pro another hero of the Cristeros. Um, let's see. St. Teresa of Avila says, love that movie of St. Jo- Joseph of Cupertino. That is a great family film. It is really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like Ricardo Montalban in that film. You know, he mm-hmm. plays, he plays a great stuffy, uh, friar, you know, yes. a per- perfectionist and everything. Uh, and it gets us to, uh, <laughs> it's a catchy tune says St. Teresa of Avila. Bruce on Facebook says St. Giuseppe Moscati. Director oh, to the Poor is a good movie. You have I've to read it. the subtitles unless you speak Italian. Yes, I you're, I agree with you. It is a good film. And that's been one of my chief issues with it. Like, in, at least the Italians are still making films about saints. Right. You know, uh, unfortunately, Americans aren't putting a lot of effort into doing that. I had, a, I had an inspiration. I was thinking of Adrian, though. Uh, praise be to God. St. Teresa goes to my church. I'm so sorry oh. for you, St. Teresa, if you have to. Uh, go to church at the same place I do, just because <laughs> I'm probably great penance for you. Uh, but the good news is you get to go to confession frequently, so praise God for that. Uh, I was thinking, uh, we were talking about doing an audio, or Adrian was thinking about doing an audio drama. I wanted to do an audio drama two years ago, but we couldn't find the, the support staff to, to make it happen. And now Adrian is, is also feeling the call to do it. But I was thinking about, what if we did a production of the Mysteries of the Rosary? Oh. You know, like so like 10 minutes, kind of like tops. 15, maybe. Uh, audio. Are you still working on the mic over there? What are you doing? Or like, may- maybe. <laughs> like, I was, there's hardcore maintenance going on over there with his mic. Christopher Chance, yes. Oh my goodness, I forgot about that one. Restless Heart, the one about movie about St. Augustine. Did of you Hippo. like that? That movie made me fall in love with St. Augustine. What? Yes. That film? Yeah. Of all the films, that one? Yeah. It was okay. I, I really thought it made his personality come through so much more. I mean, I liked it and all, but I don't know. I think it went too long. 
My song, Jesus Loves His Song. I didn't song. see it. It's good. It's good. No, don't get me wrong. I don't want to paint a bad picture. It's a good film. You should check it out. And it's available on Formed. There's lots of films on Formed. Of course, my uh, the St. Padre Pio uh, film, there's there's a several films on St. Padre Pio, but the one I like most includes the actor who played in um, The Chronicles of Narnia, the Prince Caspian, the first time Prince Caspian shows up. What is that? Is it called Prince Caspian? Do you remember? What? Uh, uh, Chronicles of Narnia. You guys saw this, right? Which one? Yeah. The Prince Caspian one. Like, no, I didn't see that one. I only saw the first one, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. What? All right. You remember? Okay. I'm going to have to turn to the audience because clearly, clearly, they are in the know. All right. Chronicles of Narnia, second film where Prince Caspian is introduced. You remember like his uncle, the mean uh, evil guy? That's the guy who played St. Padre Pio in the film that's over on Formed, and it's very good. Highly recommend it. St. Padre Pio is uh, one of my patron saints. What about uh, St. Max Colbe? Any films on St. Colbe that you like? I don't know, Envy. There, mm. there, uh, there is a Polish production, but I didn't find it all that great. The Militia Immaculata one? Um, is it that one? I don't I know. I have no idea. I'm not sure either. They, need, um, they really do need to make a good, high-quality production about St. Maximilian Colbe. I know. You'd think there would be an opportunity there. Uh, going back to what you were talking about, the audio drama, I was thinking about making maybe short uh, audio drama to start off with about um, American blesseds and venerables uh, because there's a lot of uh, venerables that are not canonized or even or people who should be venerables that are not. Um, like I'm thinking of like, uh, what's his name? The priest that was that fought at South Korean um, and he ended up uh, getting put in a prison camp and uh, died for the country and it ended up uh, also he was also uh like giving out extreme unction on mm-hmm. the battlefield yeah. and uh, he was all this courageous priest yeah. um and I heard about him from Patrick Coffin actually Patrick Coffin did a video on his life recently and I was like you know it would be really good if that was turned into an audio drama and um mm-hmm. and he was made <laughs> he made the joke he said yeah isn't it isn't it funny how no one knows who this is yet the first one of the first uh american saints is uh is a little kid uh on the internet emil um, capon is who you're yeah, talking emil about emil capon yes that's who exactly what i'm talking about another yeah. underrated american blessed is solanus casey i Solanus love casey. Solanus yeah. casey very powerful intercessor fascinating fact Solanus casey was a prison guard and and stood guard over a, f- a famous criminal do you know who no. Nope. Nope. I want to say it was Butch Cassidy. Um, I don't know who Butch Cassidy is either. I could be wrong about that. Maybe somebody in the audience can correct me. But it's true. He was a prison guard before he became a, uh, an incredible, soon-to-be American saint. Uh, Miracle of Marcellino. Yes, that's a classic at my house. Um, uh, the Miracle of Marcellino will make you cry. It's fiction, but it is still good. Yes, it's true. It is a classic. We watched that a ton of times. Uh, it's been a long time since we've seen it, though. Is that the old one about the little kid, yes. Marcelino? We saw it in Spanish, Marcelino Panivino. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is in black and white. It's very good. It's funny. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. What is my phone ring? My phone is going crazy. Oh, um, I thought that was a new button. Yeah, I, don't I, don't I, don't I don't know what that is. What have you done now? <laughs> Oh man, I tell you what. What up with that? What up with that? I don't know. What's up with that? But hey, do you see this comment from David uh, from New Hampshire? 
He says, could Jesus is a friend of mine be retired with Emily? Whoa, <laughs> um, shots well, fired. You know, I saw I saw a different comment. I saw Jesus saying my song. Jesus, that's, what I, 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 that's what I heard. Uh, you know, that's, that's the only uh, thing I can see is, uh, is that. Uh, so I, I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't see the comment. You, you know? apparently didn't see the comment. Uh, Christopher Chance asks, the recent film about St. Paul, the Apostle of Christ. Was Did that, not like it. Is that the one with Jim Caviezel? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I never even watched I it. I slept through the whole thing. Uh, yeah. It was I, good quality. I heard that. Was it? I think it's worth your time. If you're going to watch that versus a secular movie, watch it. Speaking of songs, how about the song of Bernadette? Uh, I've never seen that. Yeah, me neither. What? Are you Catholics? What am I dealing with here? <laughs> um, like, real Catholics just don't watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by I'm the way, Catholic, our guest, way. Nick McKinley, he also doesn't have even a TV in his house. That's, That's pretty smart. Based. That's pretty yeah. Based. yeah. Neither do uh, J- Joanna Gaines and Chip Gaines. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, praise, be, praise be to God. I, I, I don't know. We got. I said, what other, what other films? Okay, here's a question. How about this? Um, what about films that aren't overtly Catholic, but like are beautifully Catholic? Yes. Okay, I have like ten. So the I'm going to stick with one for now. The Rome Open City. It's an Italian film. So good, so good. I love it so much. It's called Rome Open City, um, and I highly recommend you look it up. I I, I, I want to talk about it, but I'm like, ah, it's going to spoil it. It's, can, it's amazing. Where, where can we see this? Um, I think it's like online. You can just Google it. It's a pretty old film, so, so maybe you can YouTube? find it. You might be able to find it on YouTube. And it's called Rome, uh, Rome Open, Open City. Rome Open City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good film. Very good film. I know for sure you can get it on Amazon Prime. Um, it used to be there for free, but I think it's it's not anymore. Um, but yeah, so I highly recommend it. It's a very good movie. It follows basically this priest who is living under Mussolini's, um, regime and, uh, the, the oppression of the priest in that time and, uh, and the whole idea behind what's going on. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a Catholic film per se. It was a secular film made, uh, by secular directors. Mm -hmm. And the whole point of it was because they were, it was in response to a lot of the turmoil after the war. And they were recalling the the life that they were living. So you see, you just like it's not about the priest, uh, but it follows this priest and, and, and a good priest trying to do good things. Um, and the main actor on it, he was a uh, comedian actor actually. Um, so it's kind of funny to see the fact that he um, they had they have him playing a very serious role. It's so excellent. I, I there's so much to say, but I go watch it. Wow. Um, praise be to God. I want to interrupt this. Uh, conversation over movies. I do want to come back to it, but uh, we just got a, a breaking news story here that I think needs our attention. Uh-oh. I don't know if you saw this, uh, but a part of our job is to inform and uh, and inspire. So uh, I'm, I'm reading here. I'm going to read this cold, and you, you guys know how I read when I read cold terribly, right? So here we go. It says, uh, my family and I greatly enjoy Catholic Drive Time, and my son Jonah turns 11 tomorrow on Wednesday. Well, stick around. I guess we have something to do tomorrow. Praise be to God. Jonah, if you're listening, we intend to embarrass you tomorrow morning on Catholic Drive Time. So stick around for that. Praise be to God. So thanks. All right. So back to the uh, conversation over, over, uh, over. I like to embarrass kids when it comes to their birthdays, especially singing to them in a particular way. That's my favorite thing to do during a birthday at the house. Just ask my family. They'll tell you. How about the ninth day? Have you, has either one of you seen the ninth day? Nope. No. No. My heavens, what am I, I, the ninth day. It's a German film. 
It, it is kind of overly Catholic, I suppose. I try to avoid Germans. Why? Um, there's there's a list. There's a list of reasons. No, and like a ninety nine. Have 99 you ever reasons. had German chocolate? <laughs> it's rock star. In fact, I might it's amazing. Call, I might make a thesis about it. Come on. Have you ever been to Germany? Bavaria is beautiful. Nah, I've lived there. It's it's fantastic. Uh, ninth day is a story. It's based on a true story about a priest because uh, a lot of people uh, don't really know that one of the. I think it was. It's either, I think it's the second largest group of prisoners in the German concentration camps during World War II were Catholic clergy. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but it was a high high amount. And um, in Dachau, which is the camp that I visited, was where a lot of them were. And the film depicts uh, a, a, a secret mass being said in the in the um, in the barracks, and that's I think that the movie opens there or something. It's powerful, and there all these bishops and priests are there, you know, <laughs> waiting to be murdered. And then there's this one priest who kept a diary, except for nine days. There are nine days missing from his diary, and the maker of the film speculated what could have happened during the nine days that are not recorded. In, during this period of his life. And um, so they made this film with spe- some speculation. The speculation was, based loosely on true events, Hitler was trying to influence the Pope to give him credibility so that he could have greater control over the Catholics in Germany and throughout Europe. Uh, this is also uh, substantiated, corroborated rather, with that book about the priest in the SS that I've talked about on a number of occasions. He also talks about the same thing, uh, how the Nazis were, were trying to strong arm uh, the Vatican. So the idea is they send the priest home for nine days and they sort of uh, harass his family as leverage. His mission was to go back to his bishop and to uh, force the bishop to send a letter uh, accepting Nazi agenda and, and, and participation to Rome to try to influence the Pope, et cetera, et cetera. And basically, I think the deal was if he could go, if he could do that, if he would do that, go along and get the bishop to do that, he could stay home and be with his family. If not, you know, bad things would happen. So that's the dilemma of the film. What would he do? And I, I, it's German subtitles, but I, I find personally that after an hour into a movie with subtitles, if you're really into it, you forget you're reading it anyway. It's a good film. I watch uh, everything with subtitles. Um, what about Grand Torino? Christopher Chance brings Such up Grand Torino with Clint Eastwood. That was getting some flack the other day. It's a little, it's a little um, Tracy. Yeah, it's not, it's not PG. Don't show it to kids. But I liked it. Um, it's that classic story of the old curmudgeon that gets won over by the young person. He's he's definitely a Jesus figure. Yeah, he uh, dies. He gives up his life for his friend. Um, what did you think about the uh, the character of the young priest and his trying to uh, encounter the old oh, curmudgeon? I I <laughs> love that priest, but not because he's an amazing priest, but because like he is the the like the essence of the priest who is uh, very is just trying to be as kind as he possibly can. Um, and trying to be relatable, but is that, he's a good priest. He's not like a bad person or like an, a bad priest, but he's just like, he's trying too hard to be relatable. And he, uh, tries to see himself as a friend <laughs> rather than a father. And he, and he like captures the essence of that, that kind of priest. Um, and I, and I think it's very amusing to see, uh, to see it play out in that, in that relationship between them. Because yes, a, a priest is supposed to be a father figure. 
um, but he tries to be buddy buddy. And at one at one of the scenes, uh, Clint Eastwood he tells um, I don't even remember the actual character's name, uh, but he tells uh, the priest he's like he's like you're gonna tell me how to live my life. You're like 12 years old because he's a baby priest. He's like uh like probably like 28, 29 years old, and he's an old man. He's like, are you kidding me? You're just a kid. Uh, so I, it's incredibly amusing. It's incredibly amusing. <laughs> it to is, see. yeah, it's true. Um, so this, uh, Gran Torino is a powerful film in many ways. I see there's like a bot harassing some of our people. <laughs> oh, is there on, another on one? Facebook. <laughs> no. I'm like, what is going on here? Um, okay, what other films? Emily, uh, I have some. Well, Sound of Music, kind of, if that oh, one counts. Oh, sure. And yeah. uh, my favorite semi-Catholic movie is The Count of Monte Cristo. Ooh. Where it's a movie really where a priest teaches him forgiveness. Yes. That's a fascinating movie, too. Um, in 2004... I mentioned this before. In 2004, I got to uh, meet Jim Caviezel. It was right after uh, he finished filming, or the movie you had just released was that year, 2004. And I was at the Boston Men's Catholic Conference. It was the first ever Boston Catholic Men's Conference. And I sat, you know, 15 feet in front of him and um, for his talk. And, and it was an amazing talk because he talked about that film. And he's, he was saying about how that film really... Uh, uh, inspired him so he, he he mentioned how he almost quit hollywood he was on his last leg he was trying to make it work and, and things weren't working out and he was resolved to go home to i think he i think he's from washington state and he was going to go play basketball or something again and he went to the home of a director who was about to cast a film called the thin red line and it was his last chance and he gets out of the car and he um and he was walking towards the door and he felt an inspiration to go back to the car and grab his rosary. He does. He grabs the rosary, goes to the front door, n- rings the doorbell. The lady opens the door. He doesn't know who it is, and he immediately holds up the rosary and says, I'm supposed to give this to you. And it turned out to be the wife of the director. He lands the role uh, in the movie, The Thin Red Line. Have you seen The th- Thin Red Line? Yes. It's a tough one, tough I- mo- uh, war movie. But then he goes on to talk about he- how the rosary played a role for him in The Count of Monte Cristo. And the... And the uh, uh, like, the beautiful artwork and the scenes that he uh, that he was uh, on set with, and how he's praying his rosary every day, and he, he really made it seem like that movie had a pivotal role in his faith life in Hollywood. So, uh, which ultimately led him to the Passion of the Christ, I would argue. Yeah, for sure. I think definitely that movie prepared him, and he scourged in that movie, literally, like in preparation for the Passion. Yeah. Wow. That is a good film. I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, it's a classic. I watch it every couple Cristo. months. What else? We got a few minutes left. Uh, I have something interesting. Okay. So this is uh, promises, a friend of promises. mine. I'm sorry? Nothing. Go for it. Okay. Um, a friend of mine just texted me, and I won't say her name because she was just asking me privately, but I just thought this was a super interesting question. She said, uh, random question. Uh, so my friend is getting married soon, and she is asking, do I need the straps necessarily to be uh, for the brown scapular to uh, receive the promises of the brown scapular? Uh, the reason why I'm asking is because I want to sew the brown scapular into my wedding dress, and Ooh. it's easier to sew without the straps. Uh, thanks for your insight. And, uh, and I was like, that's such a fascinating question. And also super cool that, you, that she wants to sew her uh, brown scapular into her wedding dress. I think that's awesome. Um, the the question is incredibly interesting. I have to give it some more thought, but my initial thought is that it needs to be um, 
it has to be worn over the shoulders. It has to be hanging from the front and back. And so it wouldn't be the same. But I also would probably say, I mean, for your wedding day, it'd probably be okay to not have it so you can take the have the pictures and everything but you're as long as long as you um put it back on after put it on later uh, kind of like if you bathe and you take it off i think that's okay um for that moment um and if you're sewing it into your wedding dress i mean i think that's okay i think our lady will be uh understanding for that one case but it's such a cr- incredibly fascinating it is. Uh, question and Amen. also uh very beautiful that they that she wants to do that Here's a question. What would Maria Von Trapp do? Hmm. I have no idea. You know, we got to go now, but Christopher Chance makes up a good uh, point here. He says, I can't watch Sound of Music after reading Maria Von Trapp's biography. If you've not read about Maria Von Trapp, she is a, a Catholic rock star. She was a Catholic rock star. I mean, truly a heroic, amazing Catholic woman who lived, breathed, and died. Everything Catholic, 24-7, 365. Uh, so, you know, who knows? I wonder what Maria Von Trapp would do. We should have a whole guest segment just on the life of Maria Von Trapp. She is that amazing. All right, that is going to do it for today's after show. Thanks for hanging out with us. Praise be to God. Great conversation. Always fun to conversate with all of you. Do us a favor. Share our content with your friends and your family. Help us to grow our audience. We're very grateful to you. If you can join our email list on grnonline.com forward slash cdt we'd be very grateful we'll send out an email and harass you later this week praise be to god but tomorrow we're going to have a uh, another great conversation lined up with john horvat from tfb about the revolution we'll be right Thank back you for joining us